This copyrighted podcast of the James Perspective has been paid for and funded by James M. Wilkerson. Any rebroadcast, reproduction, or other use of this podcast are a permutation and combination of words and sentences used in this podcast without the express written consent of James M. Wilkerson and the James Perspective is strictly prohibited. Good morning, listeners. Good morning, James. Good morning. We're finally going to be able to drive around. We are driving around because it's tomorrow. But we're driving around. That's right. Did you guys are you guys did you guys get out into it all or did you just stay at home the whole time? Uh, I've been staying at home. Well, I have a rental car with insurance, so of course I've been driving around. It's a four-wheel drive with um with Wisconsin tags on it uh, so i figured i was good really how many people are out about there's quite a few and they were all traveling a lot faster than me so they were lower iq there you go <laughs> i would probably be in that group yeah. as well anyway <laughs> you know remember um george carlin everybody driving slower than you is a grandma <laughs> and everybody driving faster than you is an asshole yeah <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no, Relativity. I, I'm not kidding you. I walked out to our road. I, it looks like to me somebody in a forerunner, a four, yeah, four wheeler. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, broke down it, and you could see where they started sliding, and you could see the evil, evil skid marks in the in the snow. Mm-hmm. And so I think they turned around, and went home. Did I? I think what we it's supposed to get above freezing, so we should be able to get out and about today. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's 12 degrees right now. So anyway, at least in my house. <laughs> well, a couple, of, a couple of house cleaning things before we, we move on to some technology stuff, which we've got a bunch of exciting things, I think. But the first thing I have to, to um, I want to say is that Dwayne was right. looks like they're going to do something with Ramadan Vanderlake. He's going to be something. He's going to be part of that. Um, Trump's administration, I guess, if they get in, because he's going to look like he's going to campaign with him. Yeah, he already he already did an event with him. Yeah, in New Hampshire, I think. Yeah, and I just hope he's not a Cassidy a Cassidy plant, man. That's all I could say. I do not. I don't think, think so. I I think his tongue was way too sharp for that. Yeah, yeah. Ben Shapiro's tongue is sharp, and he's a he's a plant for sure. <laughs> Well, that could be, but, but I do not think, um, uh, you know, Vivek Ramaswamy yeah, is that way. Anyway, <laughs> I will say this, that, that, um, Shapiro has slipped too. In other words, he's exposed himself. So at this point, really, uh, what corner? Anyway, <laughs> Vanderlick is, he, he spoke conservative the whole time. So we'll see. We'll see. The other one is this. This is this leads us into Technology Thursday. All right. When Dwayne and I first put up the the Starlink receiver at our house, mm-hmm. it was it was down at least two or three minutes every hour, maybe a little bit more. It's never down now. How did they do that? I mean, to me, I thought you'd have to have some down just switching satellites, but apparently not. Now, if you put enough of them up there. 
mean, it's crazy because I mean, it, that, this this is excellent. This we didn't lose it at all during this, you know, the snow or anything. We it it stayed up. So kudos to to Starlink. It, it, they're advertising their latencies better. What does that mean? Well, the delay. The delay. You know the but you know you might call it think of it at like buffering. It's not the same thing, but um. The bigger this, you know, the more data you push through some, the long, longer it takes to get to you, basically. Think of it like a pipe. This is, Dwayne, correct me when I'm wrong here. Um, and so they've made a bigger pipe. Therefore, you have, you can put more through it uh, at a little faster speed. So you don't have okay. any, that dropping or anything or, you know, uh, so pull pinwheel or death. Yeah. If I pull up a PDF or something, it'll come quicker. A video, it comes up. Well, two two uses of the internet that are sensitive to the delay are what we're doing right now: conversations, real time conversations, and video streaming. So, video streaming can handle delay as long as the delay is consistent. Whatever the delay is, it needs to be the same delay about. It doesn't need to be any delay jitter where it's faster and slower while you're watching the stream. And then conversations don't want delay at all. The more delay yeah. it is, you've seen how that works out on long distance satellite, um, remote um, journalists, whenever they're talking live. And it's really hard to have an interactive conversation when there's, you know, four, well, yeah, five yeah, second delay. That. We're on, we're on whatever, but I sudden blink, uh, we're on that in our office. And um, there are times that, yeah, they, not optimum. Not optimum. When, when we, yeah, I mean, it's down as much as it I could seem. And, but the big thing is that we're, we're a voice over phone system. And there are times the delay, you can't communicate. You have to hang up and do it again because it, the delay gets so bad. And that doesn't happen here. We're on it right now. We're that, this is voiceover. That delay through Suddenlink is because they bottleneck. They're buying a lot of bandwidth, probably just one or two locations. And so it's got to bounce around through their infrastructure to get to that high-speed tap into the backbone of the Internet. And that adds a lot of delay. Yeah, And I'm on it now, and, and it'll probably happen because I say it's never happened here. But we never have it. I'm a over right now. And so I don't know. You know. Well, the reason that the delay is lower, that big announcement, the technology behind that is they're using a different band now for the satellites to communicate amongst themselves in orbit. Oh. So they're, it's called a backhaul channel. And they've come up with a completely different backhaul channel that the satellites use to intercommunicate, to mesh together separate from the conversation they're having having with us on the ground do you remember us having this conversation i don't know if you were on it yet i know glenn was when when they put up those satellites and started you know to to have the phone system they started out you know people you know to get it there but uh, about two or three launches in they realized that they had failed to have those satellites communicate with each other and uh, must have fired that engineer on the spot. Hmm. I don't remember that. <laughs> we talked about it. It was, I was going like, whoa. 
<laughs> so he's not a DEI hire per type. <laughs> yeah, that's why they're suing him for it. Yeah. Maybe somewhere. <laughs> he may be somewhere else, but not there. Unlike that's the what? FAA, who wants to hire people with mental telepathy and color vision issues to be air traffic controllers. Yay. Oh, that's so scary. That is so scary that <laughs> they're doing that. Um, anyway. You're going to change it to I'm, DEI. I'm anyway. Well, they're talking about dwarfism. I'm like, I don't see that as a problem. No. You can ho- hire somebody that's short. Yeah, you, just, you want mini me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. That would be funny if there was a little bald guy at the aircraft controller thing, you know. Uh, that would and be then fun. they made the distinction between those who were partially paralyzed or fully paralyzed. Uh, uh, who's coming up with the categories and why why draw lines where they do because uh, it's all this woke you know and you hear, see, hearing uh, impaired can you really be hearing impaired and and deal with uh air traffic control yeah i mean the military at least they used to i hope they aren't having changed this but you know you couldn't work in their electronics you know Division of you colorblind. Well, how do you talk on the radio if you can't hear? I don't know. I guess they have, to have some something tell them. <laughs> you know. Oh, so th- so that's that's where the sleeper agent comes in. If the enemy can make AI say something different than what's actually being said, there you go. What you definitely—that was definitely that segue. Is that how you say it? You segue into that. Yeah. So there's to. a lot. So, so there's a fear without our concern that we're not going to have real live, good-looking Russian spies anymore. We're going to have they'll have seductive voices. AI, <laughs> AI sleeper agents. What is an AI sleeper agent? That's a that's a I guess a commie AI that gets triggered. <laughs> a snowflake so, AI. Well, the sleeper agent, I mean, you, you back in the, in the Cold War days, those, those spy novels would come out, and the sleeper agent obviously was one of those people who was trained to be a spy for Russia or the United States, whichever one it is, and you'd go live in that country, and you'd just live a regular old life. Everything's fine, but then when they call you and they say, Glenn, the woods are lovely, dark and deep, and I have promises to keep and miles to go before I sleep. Remember, Glenn. Miles to go before I sleep. And oh, wait, I got to go do some. Sorry. Be right back. No. <laughs> so, so, uh, my question is really with that, that's, that's even less, that's like MK Ultra stuff. Really, truly, you just lived a regular life, but you were ready to serve and you might, you might work your way up into the capital or you may work your way up into a, you know, like that Russian spy, I mean, that Chinese spy that was driving around, um, the Senator Feinstein. Yeah, he was listening to everything she said. Probably got a lot wrong. But so a sleeper AI, I'm assuming it's a program that's doing exactly what you want it to do. But whenever they want it to do something nefarious, they can make it. Yes. Well, yeah, change, change changes its behavior based upon yeah. some external communication with it to to tell it it's time and what will it do give me an example of something it could do ai sleepers well for instance it could um let's say there's a certain public figure who 
has to go to the hospital. Uh, this would activate the sleeper agent to go to the hospital system, break in, and change the medication so it would kill the person and look like an accident. Wow. That is scary. Who, who wants to have their house hooked up to the internet? Not me. Oh, I, I predict there's going to be a time when internet busters is going to be a service provided where uh, people will pay you to come to their business or their home and sweep and get rid of all connected technology, all Wi-Fi or wired IP address type information because they don't want to be connected to anything. Kind of like at the end of Polder Guys, where they threw the TV out of the hotel room <laughs> at the closing <laughs> credits. Yeah. Do you think there's going to be a time when people want to be completely off the internet? Oh, yeah. Just like people want to be off the grid and preppers and stuff. Well, there, there's going to be people that want to be off the internet at some point. It's going to get so spooky. But you know, the sleeper agent, I, while I was reading that article, um, I thought about, we already have an example of this that we use every single day, almost all Americans, and it's called GPS. Yeah. So if you remember correctly, GPS was invented by our military. The Russians have their own version, and it's called something totally different. And our military created GPS for them to be able to know where to throw bombs and for them to navigate in foul weather condition. And they allowed us to use it, but they injected a very specific random error that made our toys not near as accurate as their toys. And that inaccuracy that they injected was called SA, selective availability. And around the turn of Y2K, they finally realized they can control it globally or regionally at the bump of a switch. And so they turned off that error injection and all of a sudden, our toys became as good as their toys. But at any instant that they want to, they can totally um, create errors and degrees of inaccuracies for a region anywhere in the world they want to within with a push of a button or really some keystrokes and a click of a mouse. So wow. there's a sleeper agent in GPS. Always has been. So they can make it where it's not as... Right now, they know my car. Or if I turn on my GPS, they will know my car is in my driveway, right? No, the GPS isn't a two-way communication. GPS is one way. It's a receive only. So it's just your car knows where or thinks it knows where it's at. And it may be okay. within a couple feet left, right, I back, see. forward, and maybe 10 feet up, down for elevation. And a flick of a switch, they can make that off by hundreds of feet or miles, you know, whatever degree of error they want to insert. Now, when we're driving down the road, it's using cell phones to, to locate us, though, isn't it? The cell phones are the two-way conversation for keeping you connected to the Internet for pulling up map data, weather data, traffic data. But the GPS is just a, a receiving signal by your phone. It's, your phone isn't talking back to the to the satellites. Your phone is only receiving a timing signal in oh, order so for it to measure. GPS in the phone. Okay. I yes. Okay. I got you. Well, you know this AI thing. We said this is going to happen. Uh, did you hear about what happened to Roger Stone? No. No. Somebody somebody leaked a conversation that was recorded between him and some people that work with him. He has a podcast that's trying to feed us unsuccessful because I've never heard of it. But anyway, 
he was talking to them and said that that they were going to uh, consider murdering some people that they needed to, that they were danger to Trump and they needed to get him out. So they were going to kill him. And he goes, there's no way that conversation happened. And they've now proved it was AI they prepared. It sounds apparently sounds just like you. He said, I don't care. If that sounds like me, it's not me. And so yeah. they're trying it already. Um, well, the whole, uh, you can go right now and with some AI tools, make your conversation, whatever our conversation now, we can make it sound like Trump was, you were Trump. Uh, Dwayne was, um, you know, Roger Stone. And, and I was, uh, I don't know, Sarah Huckabee That's Sanders. Cool. Yeah. All right. Now, let me ask you a question. So you're saying sometime within the next 12 months, we're going to hear allegations and hear a videotape. It's going to sound like Donald <laughs> Trump, and they're going to try to put him away with more lawfare with a yes. fake AI conversation. Yeah. That's what that's what it is. Now, AI was able to detect AI is what Stone put in his, his um, tweet or whatever you call that. I went and looked for it when, when I saw that it happened. He's saying that's how they caught it. Now, I got a question for you. You remember that, um, that she was really pretty. She was a spokesman for Trump. I think she had had breast cancer or something. I'm trying. The only reason I'm bringing that up is to help remember who she Kaylee or something like that. Kaylee McEnany. Remember that? She's on Fox. News. Yeah. Is she, is Fox made her liberal? No, she doesn't seem to be. No. But she's on quite a few shows and um, seems, to, you know, very supportive of Donald Trump. Okay. I was just curious because, I, I, you know, to me, Fox is no better than the others now. Um, anyway, well, that's interesting. All those things that you said, the, 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 the most interesting thing you said, though, Dwayne, was this, this idea of disconnecting. And I would be willing to do that at my house. I would be willing, I, even though I have a home office right now, right now it's not a problem. But in the future, if it became a problem, I wouldn't have any problem taking all of it out. Uh, it's going to be hard. You know, you can't buy a dumb TV anymore. They're all smart. Yeah. Well, I got one. I'll just keep it. Yeah, keep it. And the refrigerators, they're talking about being able to use an app on your phone and your fridge will tell you what you need to buy. Well, I don't, I won't Because it that. can see inside itself and it knows what you normally keep. Yeah, I won't, I won't buy one of those. I would not. I would not buy anything that somebody could control away from here. And all the vehicles now, all the vehicles now, if you'll notice where the rear view mirror is at, it's just a large area of the windshield is taking up with how it's mounted. It's no longer a small little blueprint. It's a big area. And that's because on the other side of that area is a camera. So every car that's been manufactured the past handful of years has a camera on it. And they use that camera for auto dimming your headlights. They use it for auto turning uh, your wipers and controlling the, the intermittency and the speed of the wipers. And they use it for telling you when you're getting out of your lane because you're not using your blinker. So apparently you didn't intend to diverge out of your lane and it starts pitching a hissy fit or it actually turns your steering wheel and tries to drive for you. Yeah, it does. It gives you a little resistance if you haven't put on your blinker. <clears throat> Mine does anyway. Well, all you did was convince me to pick something out of back up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean it's it's gonna get that way, but I do I do believe what you said is is true. I think that that just like what happened to Roger Stone, 
I, I think that all this stuff's going to keep happening more and more. They're going to, they're, they're already anybody who thinks they're looking at porn in private is a fool. They, they know what you looked at. Hmm. They probably have a picture of you looking at it. Um, well, Louisiana makes you authenticate your age before you're allowed to get to the porn site. So I guess Louisiana already knows. How do you authenticate it? You have to sign in you with one of these promise. handful of third parties. Yeah, you have to promise really, really hard that you are above the age of 18 or something like that. There's a handful of uh, third-party authenticators that Louisiana says you got to authenticate with. So you those authenticators form. promise that they're not tattletaling on you. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. Um, so I, I think that, I do believe that. You know, that was that, that movie, Surrogates, yeah. showed that, that there would be people that said, no, I don't want that. So... Uh, I think you're right. That's an interesting thing. So the next, the next thing that was on our topic for today was fusion power and fusion as opposed to fission. Is that right? Yes. Yes. Would one of you guys want to explain the difference? And, and, and if we've already got fusion, why aren't we using it? Well, fusion and fission, fission breaks apart an atom and you get massive energy. Fusion puts together atoms. And you get lots of energy. Dwayne, would you agree or, or did I miscarry? Oh, yeah. yeah. That's, that's definitely the, how it works. The, the fusion of putting together, say, two hydrogen atoms to make a helium, when the energy is released, from my understanding, there is no radioactive um, result from that specific fusion. So there's there's no bad waste. Essentially, we don't, no. We waste, don't get really. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, heat heat is heat, the waste. Yeah, heat's the waste. But you can use that too. So maybe new neutrinos that we don't fully understand. Yeah, and could unravel the universe. Who knows? <laughs> we'll see. So. So the so the process of getting more energy out than you put in to create that process has been evading us for decades and decades and decades. And what's interesting is you could use just plain seawater if you could figure this out. And a little bit of seawater would make a lot of electricity, in theory, if you knew how to create a production environment for fusion. So when we figured out last year hey, we've got sustainable, recreatable fusion where we're getting out more energy than we're putting in. And we figured out how to contain it for that few instants while we, while we do this and measure it. Now they got to figure out how to make a production environment where they can continue this fusion, sustaining a reaction over, you know, days, weeks, months, years. Yeah. And how to harness that energy by, I guess, boiling water creating steam, turning turbines. We know how to do that stuff. It's just how do we get this fusion reaction to happen as a series of chains and harness the heat from it? So we have engineers trying to figure that out. Good luck. Yeah, I think, it. you know, they broke this. In other words, they've done fusion before, but it's never been, you had to put more energy in than you got out. So they didn't consider it really fusion. Recently, several labs, not just one, but several labs have put more, have outputted more energy than they put in, which is a fusion reaction. Therefore, they concluded that theoretically, 
the, the science is done. In other words, they've learned how to do it. Now the engineers got to figure out how to do what Dwayne said and sustain it. So, you know, since it takes a lot of energy just to get the reaction to happen initially, um, getting more energy out than you put in is the trick because then you can siphon off some of that energy to go back into creating a second fusion in instant after the first one finish and you can just keep siphoning off some of that energy and keep cycling through making another so it's think of it as an atomic bomb where you've got one atomic bomb that's helping to make the next one like a string of dominoes that's a hydrogen bomb they light up the decision now in that movie was it oppenheimer is that how you say it Oppenheimer. Yep. Well, I always um, think of it as Barbie Heimer because we had the Barbie movie come out at the same time. <laughs> okay, well, I didn't see that one. All right, but anyway, um, in that movie, they show that just the opposite is what you're saying. It's happening with fusion. Fusion, you say, theoretically, they see it can happen, but but practically, they can't do it. Well, in, in that other movie, they were in the lab splitting atoms, and he and Oppenheimer was in the other room saying it can't be done. And they're going, well, <laughs> we're doing it. <laughs> so that one was backwards. They were actually doing it first. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, practically. I, so I guess that's the whole thing is until somebody figures out how to do it, it's just theory. Yeah. We can do it once, but in order to make energy from it, we have to do it in a repeated string over and over and over. All right. So the next thing on on the agenda here, this one came from Dwayne's stack of stuff. (laughs) It it interests me of all of this would kind of interest me because I've been expecting something like this to happen. But Japan has a very um, innocuous, it's it's not dangerous, but they got a startup where they're going to vaporize space junk. I know that Glenn says it's not vaporizing it with the laser. It's really setting it out of orbit, causing the reentry to, to vaporize it. But is that something they can shoot down all the Musk satellites and, or our spy satellites or whatever? Is, that, is it capable of doing that? Well, I don't know. The article said that it was going to use their high-energy lasers to slow down space junk so it would decay in orbit and burn up on re-entry, that they weren't uh, vaporizing anything. Well, but it vaporizes if it goes into the, into the orbit, because it's not, you know, it always does it. Very rarely yeah. that stuff hit the ground. Yeah. Yeah. But that, so yeah, we're, we're, talking about, we're talking about the same laser that, that they use for fusion. Yeah. <laughs> Just a different use. Pointed at an object in orbit, and if you can focus on that object on one side of it, you can vaporize a little spot of it that acts like a, a little jet propulsion engine and pushes it one way or the other. So if you can push it against its orbit, you can decrease its velocity, make it drop lower, get into the drag of the upper atmosphere, and deorbit and make it burn up and crash. So people are going to pay this Japanese upstart company to do that? Startup company? Well, yeah, either that or tell them that they can't, and then take all their possessions and information and use it for military. <laughs> In other words, Which, your your black helicopters will show up. <laughs> they got those in Japan. They got them everywhere, James. I didn't know they had any communists in Japan. Oh yeah, there's communists everywhere, James. Everywhere, <laughs> behind every tree. Anyway. <laughs> 
It would be the U.S. black helicopters would show up to Japan. Oh, I got you. I got you. So um, is there anything more to discuss on that? I mean, I guess what the real the real thing on that is, is they there's somebody thinks they can do this. They think they can make money at it. But the big question is, is it is it something that they always say, well, you know, we can't let people have a nuclear bomb. We can't let people have a device that can knock down spy satellite, you know, government satellites. So we're going to take it from you. Is that you think what the possibility is? If it works. Yeah. Well, let's assume it works. They probably wouldn't mind selling their patent to the, to the military. Probably not. No. But I, to me, it would seem the military has some way to do it anyway. They, but this might be a economical way to do it instead of, you know, blacking out half of uh, the United States or something like that. Dwayne, you seem to be the one who figure out, figures out how to misuse all this stuff. What do you think? I think it's fascinating that they, they're saying that we want to use it for space junk, but I think it's, it's probably an undercover for dual use in order to go after our competitor satellites that are doing things we don't want them to do, specifically killer satellites. So we have these other countries that are making satellites that sit up there that want to get close to ours and then do bad things to our satellite, whether it's blow up or drill a hole in it or push it off orbit or what, or turn it so that it can't get um, solar radiation on its panels to keep its batteries charged. So it'll kill it. So it's called killer satellites. And I think that this technology would be great, great for killing the killer satellites. And I guess that's how it works is that there'd be anytime you come up with something like that, there's good uses and bad uses. And someone's going to try to use it for something bad. Now, the picture they show looks like something from Dr. Evil. Is that just that's just the artist rendering? Yeah, an artist rendering, but it's also... They'd have to use very large mirrors, so they kind of just did a conception of what it was. So hmm. that's an interesting. Uh, that's interesting to me too. All right, so so the next one, I found this one, and I read it and did not understand it. It looks like to me. Are you remember in in um, Animal House when they went over to a professor's house and they smoked a joint and they started? He he says, "You mean that we might be a universe might be." in the thumbnail of a really big animal or something like that. Remember that? Mm-hmm. So it looks like to me that's what's going on here is that we are in the thumbnail of some big human or big person and our universe is stuck in there and they're playing ring toss and we're captioning, we're, 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 we, we caught a picture of it. That's what it sounds like. A, a 1.9 billion? Is that what they said? Light year? How big is 9.2 billion light years from Earth, a diameter of 1.3 billion light years, and a circumference of about 4 billion light years. So it's and a big a ring, donut ring. And an, arc. and an arch. What are those things? They don't know. And by the current understanding of cosmetology, they shouldn't be there. Yet they are. Now, this thing looks like something made out of metal. That's an artist rendering. I don't know that it looks like that. They don't know what it looks like, really. That's just a. How do they know it's there? It's it's mass that we can we can see through radio astronomy. So so it's matter. It's it's the it's the dispersion of matter. So we're looking up in the skies and we can see stuff is here and stuff is there, and we're categorizing what the stuff is based upon the radiation of light 
or radio signals or whatever that we can get back or temperature if it's infrared. And we're, we're analyzing all this stuff in all these different wavelengths. And we see some stuff that we can't explain. And then lately, the past few years, we've been seeing zooming out and looking at the larger picture. And we're, look, we're saying, well, why is this big hole here? Why are these bubbles of nothingness over here? And what is this big ring? What is this big arch? And, and so we're trying to understand the larger, bigger picture of how now, things. When you, look, when, when you look at the second picture, uh, the first picture, the top picture is a ring. When you scroll down, they have pictures with red dots and blue dots. Mm-hmm. That's is that just showing where the location of the mass is? Yes, the different the different matter, and, and, and the matter could be, um, you know, galaxies could be each one of those dots is a galaxy, and they're trying to understand why are these galaxies distributed in the way that they are. Yeah. So when I say zoom out, I say zoom way out, where you're looking at hundreds of galaxies and how they're distributed in their neighborhood. So we would be looking at that picture. I want to see it tonight. Can I see it? No. No. <laughs> I, we're, we're talking about stuff you can't see. With, yeah. Some of it you can't even see with the eye. It's not even in the human wavelength. I got you. I got you. They're doing this. What do you call it? What kind of radio? What do you call it? Radio, radio astronomy. Yeah. Wow. There's some smart people out there. Now, this was this was a a, a woman that found this. Some of yeah. this is with X-rays that they got special X-ray telescopes. Some of this is telescopes that are in space because the signals don't make it through our atmosphere very well. Some of it's from infrared. Did you see the picture of the girl that found it? Yes. She was quite attractive, which makes me think, I wonder if it's DEI that let her find it. Anyway. <laughs> no, I'm not going there. But she, she, she kind of reminds me of Pericles' wife. Alex, Alexia. She is very attractive. So I'll say that. So kudos to her. She fought through it. Mm-hmm. She didn't take the easy way out. Um, wow, that's a, that's an interesting article to me. I know that's one I found, but I was I was I was amazed at that when I saw that, and when I saw the explanation, I really couldn't understand it. All I could, but I didn't. I decided it wasn't worth me spending time doing, it, especially since I have five papers due at one time. Mm-hmm. All right, now the what we call locust. I know we're not locust. The first thing I think you learn as a kid is we call these locusts, but they're not locusts. Everybody says it. Everybody knows what we have here in Louisiana is not locusts, but those things, as, as, as Dwayne very well described before the podcast, so those things that you pick off the barks of trees, it's, they, they've left a skin, but they float off. Those things are called what? Cicadas. Cicadas. Yeah, there's those th- there are those things that are so loud in the night yes. and, and day in the spring and the summer that does their wings that sound like a, a little vibration toy or something? Right. Yeah, you hear them all out here where I live. It's it's you sometimes it can be deafening. Yes, yes, it's so loud, so loud. Uh, all right, so they live underground and they eat roots and stuff. Well, and this we're not freeze going to help? Uh, no, they live below that. We don't have a very deep freeze line. And so they just live underground for years and years and years. And different varieties of them 
have a life cycle of living in the ground for different periods of time. And the weird thing is, it seems like there are all these odd or very specifically prime numbers that they live in the ground before they finally emerge, grow their uh, shed their shell, grow wings, fly around, mate, lay eggs, and die. And uh, two very, very large crops are specific prime number years. What what were they? 13, 13 and 17. 17 years. So they're a 13-year, yeah. what they call a 13-year cicada and a 17-year cicada. They emerge that mm-hmm. often. Now, I know you hear them every the, year because they've staggered those, you know, but that's. Yeah, that's, yeah and that's not the only two varieties. There's other varieties, but the seven largest year one, ones are the. Yep. Wait, wait, they all talked over each other. I'm sorry. Sorry. I'm trying to fight for you. I, I, I couldn't understand either one of you. Go ahead, Glenn. Okay. Well, there's a seven year locust as well. That's probably the most common. Uh, but these are different kinds and they all. The weird thing is they use prime numbers to emerge. And because these two particular kinds use 13 and 17 every 221 years, both of them emerge at the same time. So there is a... And that's this year? Yes. This spring, the Circada Apocalypse. How are the communists going to be able to use that to get votes? Well, you know, unless the government, you know, gets rid of all these horrible cicadas that'll go away anyway by themselves. Uh, they won't be. They won't be able to because they're not that good at math. That's true. <laughs> well, let me ask you this: um, um, you know, the ones in the Bible—that's a different kind of locust that go yeah. out and destroy crops. But do these destroy crops? No. I mean, the only reason they emerge, as I understand it, is they emerge to breed and die. And yeah, lo- locusts are. Are grasshoppers. These are nothing like grasshoppers. They're a flying kind of alien looking thing. As a kid, they're most- <laughs> what I'm just trying to find out is there going to be something destructive from this or is it just going to be a nuisance? Nuisance. It, it's a nuisance. They're going to make a mess. You're going to see them crawling all over the ground, all over your house, your yard furniture. They're going to crawl over everything. You're going to see shells everywhere. And they're going to make lots of noise. Yeah, enough to make you insane at night, maybe. Uh, they also go nuts. I have a wife that snores, so I sleep with earplugs. So I probably won't hear them through that. Probably not. But, you know, um, but it's, I, don't, I just want to make sure everyone will eat all our flowers or you know, Charlotte does tomatoes every year. We're not going to lose those. It's not like it's not like. No, they're they're eating right now underground, and they have been for years. Yeah, very weird. What are they eating? Roots. They eat roots, but they're not really? that destructive when they eat. I mean, and if you see one emerge from its chrysalis, uh, it's the weirdest looking thing you've ever seen before. You know, it gets dried and gets everything pumped out. It's the green kind of red orange. It's very alien looking. So the apocalypse part of it is just a joke. Yeah, they just they're just saying there's gonna be a lot. So that's an apocalypse. They would they would ruin somebody's spring wedding outside in their backyard. Yeah, potentially. <laughs> okay. All right. So uh we need to clean up one other thing. Uh, Dwayne, you followed this closer than I did. The Alaska airline thing here, we heard any more about several things, the voice recorder, 
there was that story. There was how, who, who do they know who's at fault yet? Can you update us on that or do you not have anything new? Well, the, la- the last I heard, you told me or gave me a link about the voice recorder. And I told you that the cockpit voice recorder, um, that that probably got overwritten because either A, and I don't know the answer to this, A, they don't have an on and off switch for it in the cockpit, which would make sense because you probably don't want the pilots turning off and saying some stuff that may be relevant after a crash. And um, or B, uh, normally the voice voice cockpit recorder is important after a crash when people are dead and can't provide testimony and so it's on a loop i don't know how long the loop is maybe it was left running and there wasn't a crash they safely returned back to the airport got to the ground their primary concern is getting people off the plane and then starting to look at the situation and take pictures and record and it could have been hours afterwards for somebody finally realized oh we didn't turn stuff off to stop recording and so it recorded over the uh, cockpit voice that took place during that event. I don't know what you would have learned other than the pilot's choice of cuss words because they're really just passengers on that door plug blowing out in the back. There was nothing that they could do to cause it to blow out or to prevent it from blowing out. That's a structural thing, and it really has nothing to do with the pilots. Okay. So, so... Do we know for sure what happened, why the bolts weren't tight? Well, they're finding other bolts that are loose on other similar aircraft. Is it Boeing's fault, the contractor's fault? It's going to have to be Boeing or one of their subs during assembly of that plane. Somebody's not doing their job and bolting or quality control checking to make sure those things are bolted down before they get covered up with the fake panels to make it look like just a window. Now, were you on the day that Glenn and I started going through the Boeing uh, website and about half of that website was about diversity, equity, and equality, or whatever, inequality. <laughs> no, but, no, but I, I know there's been many reports about two or three years ago, there was a big DEI push. They hired some executive to be the DEI officer and they really started going down that bad path. Used to be airplane safety, uh, passenger safety, and quality was their top three uh, brand goals. But after DEI, those kind of got pushed down on the list, and the diversity was up there at top. Kind of like the FAA's wanting to do now. Right, right. Well, Well, you know, again, I can't remember when you started coming on, and at some point, well, this won't keep happening, but I do know that for quite some time, at least five, ten years or more, I've been saying that Louisiana Tech has held the line. We're not going to build bridges, DEI. You got to pass this class. You got to pass statics. You got to pass dynamics. You're going to have to get through Mikey Swanbaum. And if you don't, you're not going to be building bridges with Louisiana Tech's, you know, seal of approval. And and I've said that. That's got to be that way. I don't want to be on a bridge that's built DEI. Well, flight, I've been saying for a while that this Atlas Shrug thing's happening, that the reason you're starting to see where we can't make connections anymore with flights and you is more and more you have to pull your plane back in because there's something wrong or, you know, 
the, the DEI is at. Let's run. The, 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 the really good workers are going to Elon Musk. That's where they're going. Well, my question is, is I can say I'm not going to get on a freaking plane that's built by Boeing. I can say, no, I'm doing that, right? But I don't know if I go through over a bridge in Minnesota, who built that bridge? You see what I'm saying? The uh, yeah, low cool. bed built the bridge. Anyway. Well, I know, but I don't want to. I, I would say that's okay, but I want somebody that is a good student and wants to build a really good bridge, and they and they earn the right to build that bridge. And there, it's going to be impossible to know who can build a bridge and who can't if they're doing this DEI stuff. I guess that's how you know. But but, but you still, I don't know. I'm well. I'm getting ready to go to Minnesota. I'm gonna drive to Minnesota. Well. There's a DEI bridge in, in Iowa, so you got to drive around it or what? You see, I'm getting that. Yeah. I, I, to me, this is kind of a scary thing. It really is. They left the bolts loose. Is that what is that what they're saying happened? Yep. It looks like there's four critical bolts that holds that door plug on, and if they're not tightened down, torqued properly then they work themselves loose pop off and when it's pressurized the door pops out four four bolts isn't that stupid yeah and, and you can't see the bolts because they put a f- interior facade over it to hide it to make it look like it's not a door it's just a regular part of the wall and window so it's not in- very easily inspectable by the airplane manufacture when they take possession of it and operate it so it's it's a really stupid design hey let's uh put a hole for a an exit for foreign countries that want to buy these planes and push the seats several inches closer together that's unreasonably uncomfortable but because of the density of the people they have to have two extra exits but when the u.s who doesn't allow them to put the seats that close together don't need the extra exits, then we'll put door plugs in with four bolts. It'll save some weight <laughs> and maintenance, and we'll just hope that the, the door plugs don't blow out. There you go. Oh, man. It's a really stupid design. Why would Boeing be going after bottom feeders that's going to crash their airplanes anyhow? Because they just don't care about passenger safety and comfort. Thank you. And, I, and I, you know, here's the deal. When I was um, in my 30s, I had a rule that if I was flying, I mean, if I were traveling on e- the other side of either mountains, west or east, I would fly. But if I was on this side of the mountains, I might as well drive. Okay, that was my rule. And it worked. Well, and I would count the mountains as flying. So if I were going to go to Colorado, I'd fly. All right. But... And it wasn't 9-11 that did it. It was before that. So I wasn't flying before 9-11, but it was about that time. There was missing connections. And two or three times planes that I was getting ready to take off had to go back in. And, and I would hear horror stories. Of, you know, I know that when Jim was in the, in the Marine Corps, they would cancel the flights the last second. And, and you'd have to explain to your sergeant or whoever it was you reported to why you were late. and I quit flying because it was becoming incompetent. Airports were, you feel like you're having to go through a, a worthless. Um, and they found all this TSA stuff, have they found anything? You know, I, but anyway, to me, to they me, find stuff much. that they want to steal. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, uh, 
I, I think I, I, I've sold, I've never read the book. I'm, in fact, that's one of my goals for this year. I'm going to read Atlas Shrugged. But I saw one of the movies they tried to make of it, and I got the idea. And that is, is that all the competent people need to go on strike, go somewhere else, just leave. You can't, you can't function like this. And, and I really do believe that the airline industry is in trouble, huge trouble. Did you see that, that, that Delta, the one that started here in Louisiana as a crop dusting company, will not capitalize the W in white? We talked about that yesterday. It was that's Delta? the kind of crop they're thinking about. Yeah, hmm. it was Delta. And that's what Dwayne is saying. It used to be we were going to be most important thing is safety. And then we're going to hopefully have you com- comfortable. And you know what? We're going to give you good service. We're going to get you there on time. You can, you can schedule. If you're flying into to, to, uh, Knoxville, you're going to be there. And you can have a scheduled meeting three hours later, and you know you're going to be there. That's not the case anymore. I might be there if I make my flight. If the flight makes goes through, if they if they if they have it, if Dwayne's nailed it. What what did you say the three used to be? The three main things to think about. The top one was was uh, uh, in customer safety. Safety. So your pay, your pay. And number two was the aircraft safety for everybody. You know, including the pilots and the. Okay. attendance and and maintenance personnel and people on the ground crew they don't get sucked in engines and propeller blades <laughs> slamming their face in the ground and stuff so so it was safety it was safety for the passengers and safety for everybody else airplane safety and then the third one was was uh comfort yes yeah. that comfort went away quickly yeah that was the first one to go and then the safety of everybody dropped down below DEI in the past few years. And it's showing. I think yeah. I think it's showing. But, but well, you know, again, you, you don't think BlackRock is responsible for twisting the arm of these big corporations for the DEI crap? Go ahead and give you a disclosure, Glenn. Uh, full exposure, I own some BlackRock and some index funds. So Who doesn't? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, to answer your question, Charlotte, Charlotte does not. Um, but um, the uh, she hates BlackRock. The, uh, the I get you. I get you. There's pressure. There's pressure on these anybody that's influenced by Santa Claus. Um, Charles Klaus Schwab. Klaus. Klaus Schwab. Anyway, those guys, Glenn graciously gave me a copy of his book, internet copy of it, but I read it and he's right. After reading the whole idea was to see how do you get your number up? What's that number called? The uh your uh ESG ESG score. ESG ESG yeah. you read that book and you still don't know how. No, you don't it know doesn't. you don't have a clue. And if you talk to the people who calculate the score they cannot tell you. They they really can't. They say, "Well, it depends." They all say that. I'm gonna tell you guys. And that's something. when I said, "I'm gonna tell you guys. This is crap." Yeah, I'm gonna tell you guys something, and I think that they're related. I don't think that they're unrelated at all. I think they're very related. But when I read that book, it's the first time I've read something other than Karl Marx um, on communism. When I read that book, I got as ill as if I found out that a little girl had been molested. That's how sick I got reading that book. That's how much I absolutely hate communism and, and think it's bad. But I do believe it's interrelated. I think these communists 
don't don't mind raping kids. I believe that. I think that's I think they're combined. But I read that book and said I'm glad I did because now someone can't say I haven't read a, a modern communist. I read I read the founder of it and I've read the you know the one who's running it now. Those guys make me sick, guys. Make me literally ill. This you're gonna have a lot of silence to take out today. Uh, I can do it. <laughs> anyway, what when so so when when Dwayne was describing that door, and, and again, Dwayne, you're amazing, your memory on these things, four bolts are between me and get sucked out of that plane. That does not sound like customer safety is anywhere near their top of their, of their uh, priorities. No, and, and if it's solely to sell planes overseas, where their regulations are different that allow them to push the seats closer together and get, you know, more seats in that plane in the fuselage, then why don't they have a different manufacturing process for the U.S. planes where they don't have those holes in them that they have to plug up? Seems to me like that would be more structurally sound, less maintenance, safer. Probably regulation against it. All right, so so there's going to be all right. So Boeing makes them. Who else makes commercial airlines, airplanes, jets? Oh, I can't think of them off the top of my head right now. Boeing and Airbus are the two competitors for the large large passenger. Is Airbus doing the same DEI crap? Oh, I don't know. That's European. They probably were the leaders in it. (laughs) They made that stuff up. I'm not flying, guys. I'm just not doing it. I'm not afraid. I'm really not. It's still probably safer to drive them in the car, but I'm just not going to do it. I'm just not going to do it. I don't. I don't like it. I don't like the airports. I don't like the lines. I don't like. I don't feel. I don't like feel like you feel, Don't you feel like you're in Russia when you're inside an airport? Yeah. And the problem is, I began flying at the age of like 14, 15, 16, because I had family in Southern California. And so in the summertime or for special events like a funeral or something, I would be allowed to fly to my um, other family's um, houses to go visit with them. And mm-hmm. so I got to do a lot of flying as a young kid that most kids didn't get to do back in the you know, the 80s and late 70s. And so I think that was still the golden age of flying where I would look at what size plane, what creature comforts were on it, what kind of meals I was going to be served, whether it was two full meals, a lunch and a dinner or just one and what the meal choices were. And uh, it, it was just a whole different style of flying. Of course, you had to put up with people smoking in their little ashtrays that were built into the armrests. But uh, everything else about the flying back then was wonderful. Today, it sucks. It's like literally being stuffed like lemmings into sardine cans. And the seats don't recline. Some of them, not at all. Some of them, one degree, and they call that, you know, extra money you got to pay for that one degree of reclining. It's ridiculous. But, I, but, I, but it's again, pain I, to be abused is what it is. It is. And, and again, I want to emphasize that. When I'm at an airport, I feel like I'm in communist Russia. I do. I feel like I'm being watched. I feel like I'm. I feel like I can't come and go as I as I want. It used and to be that when you were on a bus, you felt like that, and when you were on an airplane, it felt completely different. Yep. It felt free and comfort creature comforts. Now 
flying on a plane feels like going on a bus. Yeah. Like, why do I want to do this? So the airline industry is in trouble, in my opinion. It's in bad trouble. I, I think that I think it collapses. Now, how will that affect us? I don't know. The reason I, the reason I say it won't affect us a lot is because I think there are people like Dwayne that can fly. If you need to fly, you think it's going to affect James Davidson? No. No. Oh, no. Yeah. He's got two of his own. Yeah. People are going to still fly. They're just not going to fly United. They're not going to fly Delta. And, and they're not going to, you know, and, and, and I guess you guarantee these private plane companies will say, well, hey, we'll make them safe. You know, I, I, I think that the commercial airline industry that Dwayne just described is done. I think it's done. We'll see. But I, I, it amazes me that it's gotten that bad that they're willing to kill people. That, that little boy had his clothes pulled out. Is he going to be a millionaire now? Well, it was a teenager. You Maybe. Yeah. I imagine. It's just going to take a while. If we got to get an ambulance chaser attorney to go. I'll, I'll take that case in a heartbeat, buddy. I would take that case in a heartbeat. <laughs> you can call me what you want to call me. All the cell phones that got sucked out. Yeah, you could call a call family. If I call them, that's anger chasers. They call me. That's his business. Um, <laughs> I take I take that case in a heartbeat, guys. I would learn airline law. <laughs> so it was a teenager. Yeah, that, that's my Speaking understanding. Teenagers. Yeah, go ahead. Sometimes you guys send me. It's both of you. You send me very good articles, but I'm you're working or driving or something. I don't get to see it, and then I forget about it. So they had a West Monroe teacher. She was arrested for molesting, or molesting, so can't call it that. It's not molesting. It's it, providing services to a young, a fifteen-year-old, and he was bragging about it. That's how they always get caught. Yep. Uh, that's that's close to home. I don't know that I've had one that close to home. I'm sure it happens that you just don't know about it. I'm going to go ahead and say that she is alleged, okay, and she is now former. But uh, her name, I'm good because I think it. That she needs to be named. Tatum Hatch is her name. Former teacher at West Monroe received a additional charge of indecent behavior. To hear, to, here's an article. On, on December 15, 2023, deputies of Washtenaw Parish Sheriff's Office were con- contacted by the West Monroe Police Department about a student who claimed to be in an inappropriate relationship with a teacher. She must have given a bad grade. Authorities contacted the father of the 15 year old student and the student's father advised investigators that his son told him that the relationship was ongoing for a year and a half. So at 13 and a half, he's getting teacher booty. Goodness gracious. That's pretty young. At 15, I'm going like, well, he knows what he's doing. At 13 and a half, you know, but you don't. Um, so should, should she get as much jail time as a dude that did that? I, I would say so. She won't, but I, she should. Yeah, uh, the reason the reason this is always interesting to me is is that Glenn Reynolds, the, the law professor at Tennessee, that has a, a blog that is my first go to. It's where I go to first every time I'm going to news. He went through a series for about five years where every single time in the country a woman was arrest, arrested for you know having sex with a younger child. It was amazing, and his point is that believe it or not. It's more often female on male than male on female. That men. Well, there's know, much more females in these high schools exactly. than there are males. And so just by the number. Well, how do they say that? The DEI folks, they're, they're overrepresented. 
was that funny? The MSNBC meltdown over Trump dominating in, in Iowa, and they went through that and said that white yeah. Christian males are overrepresented in Iowa. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's exactly why I brought it up that way. Those people are so predictable. I mean, did that Mad Cow, is that her name? Well, you know, that is interesting. Her name is Mad Al. Uh, she is pretty mad, and, you know, crazy. So there you go. Yeah, mad, uh, as my dad used to say. Mad you can be angry. Don't be mad. Don't be mad. Mad is means crazy. Uh, she is mad. She's crazy. She didn't want to um, broad, rebroadcast Trump's um, speech after he won Iowa. And she states because she she didn't want to air the lies that Trump would be spewing out of his mouth. All right, yeah. And she is oh, the absolute biggest, fat, fattest liar of everything against Trump. Is she married? No, I'm not interested. I can't imagine. Maybe she is. I don't know. Everybody ought to have somebody, I guess. Well, do you remember, right, what's Serpent Head's name? The guy from Louisiana that was in campaign with uh, Corville, Carville? Carville, yeah, remember James him? Carville. He's Russia interesting. Trump. I love watching him because you just never know what's going to come out of his mouth. Well, he is, he is to me, the best at arguing with people that aren't equipped to argue. Mm-hmm. He says things, he'll say things like, uh, uh, 90% of the Trump supporter believes that the earth is only 6,000 years old. That is a freaking lie. It's not even close, but he says it. And it is funny when he says it. But that would be like George Carlin saying it to me. You can't take him serious because that's just a stupid remark. So you spend your time, you either just ignore it and laugh, or you have to spend part of your time refuting the stupid argument he made. Big, he big said, Jim introduced me to a doctor from South Louisiana that had to quit practicing because of a situation, medical situation. But I, I, I met this guy and his personality was so unique. And we got in, Big Jim and him got in a huge debate. I mean, a very loud debate one night down in Cancun area. And what was funny is this guy would always say, when you said something, when you made an argument, like Carville would say, like you just said uh, about, you know, Trump supporters, um, he would say really quick, almost to the point where you didn't understand what he said. Think so or no so. Think so or no so. It was a broken record with him. He wanted to know if you think so or if you know so. Dang, that's a good weapon. Yeah. It is a good weapon. Yeah, as soon as he says that, you're a good point. That's Think so or no so? It's there like the go. Canadian uh, <laughs> politician who was eating the apple. <laughs> oh, really? What people? <laughs> well, yeah, the other thing he said that, all, that I watched him on, I don't remember what it was. Uh, yeah, I, I can't remember what show it was on. But the other thing he said was, he said, that woman who, who walks all the way from Ecuador across, across Mexico, and comes to the United States, uh, that's who I want to hire. I want to hire her because she came here with a daughter. I'm going to hire her. That's, nobody's worried about that woman. They're worried about an open border where people, military age, are crossing over by the thousands 
where we're having more people come across that border and we're born in the United States with people that we don't know anything about. That's who we're trying to stop. And I am so pro-immigration. Nobody can claim I'm not pro-immigration, but I'm not pro-open border. Well, don't you normally immigrate based upon the larger big picture uh, of, of sex and age? and family size and um, all kinds of parameters that you have to look at from a big picture. So when you say, I'm going to allow a million people into the U.S. this year, and we're going to try to distribute the percentages from these different countries or ethnic backgrounds, but you also look at you kind of want an even distribution of male to female. Joe Biden has allowed these people to come in here in 10 million plus, and they're not even looking at those demographics. And from what I understand, it's like 70% male. That's not sustainable. Right. It's, it's kind of like the same thing as why is polygamy outlawed? Why is it bad? Why is it socially unacceptable and, and illegal in most places? Because it's not sustainable. If every male tried to take two or three or four or five wives, there wouldn't be enough women left over. And you want to talk about a civil war? Well, let let me let me let me jump in just a little bit on that. A couple of things. One is is that that there are times where bigamy made sense. I'm not saying that I agree with it, but I know that after the Peloponnesian War is an example of where they allowed bigamy. And you mean you mean polygamy? Well. I think they limited it to two. Okay. Uh, you could have two wives. And okay. so they did allow that. And and um, I want to say that he, he the second one he married was platonic, even though Plato came later. Um, I, I So I know that there are times in history where wars or famine or something caused a problem where they were allowed polygamy or bigamy. And I do know that in ancient Athens, it was just bigamy. All right. But the other thing I want to say, though, is this, and this is, again, I think some of the things that just kind of catch you up now that you're coming a regular here. I, I'm, I'm more pro-immigration than, than it sounds like you are. Not that I'm right. I want to let you know that because what I want to do has not been tested. So it's sort of in theory to me. I think that the problem I, I, I like I like immigration and I like it to be very easy to immigrate here. But you do have to prove you don't have a criminal record. You do have to prove that you and once you're here, you got to agree not to be on any type of welfare. Because the problem is we got a welfare state here and we can't afford people coming over here going to our ERs and getting free medical. That we can't have. You have to go home if you can't afford to support yourself. But I'm all for immigrants coming here. I, I believe that this country was formed on, you know, built on immigration, obviously, or we'd all be American Indians. But I, I this idea that you can come across without any checks and we're just, oh, we're just going to catch you and release you. We're not worried about what you do. We don't deport you if you commit crimes. To me, I know that, that, this, that people think this is harsh, but I think if you come over here and you get a DWI, it's not like you're a citizen. We do, we are very kind to first offenders on, on DWIs. I don't want them here. You see what I'm saying? So yeah. I think it ought to be easy to get here. Yeah, when, when you come easy over, there's a probationary period. Right. Easy to get here, hard to stay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You got you to keep it 
So, so I, I'm all for it, and I absolutely, you know, that's the, one, the most wonderful thing about having uh, Big Jim around is I got to know people from Spanish-speaking countries, and, and the people that came here, at least the ones I met, are great. Now, he told me that's not the guy, you know, that you see stop dr- running drugs from Dallas to Atlanta. He's not talking about those guys. Those are the guys he didn't want here either. He didn't want here either, and that's my point. Get those guys out of here, but let's keep – the good ones, They're the people who came here to make a living, they wanted to get a better life. They weren't going to vote for communism. That's what they left. So, so my point is, is I don't care about. The, I don't want the federal government, even though I absolutely believe that they have the, the the founders had it right that immigration should be controlled by Congress. I have no problem with that, and it could be for wartime purposes. All kind of reasons why they may want to limit it at some particular time. But by and large, I want to let anybody that wants to come here in. But like you just said, probationary period, tough one, too. So you're looking at it either from a micro immigration point of view is what you just described, or you don't want any restrictions on the quantity per year. You're basically saying like a fire marshal saying, I'm not going to rate this building. You can have an unlimited number of people through come through the door. I'm not going to regulate. And count bodies. Well, I'm going to count. I want to know you've got. If you come across illegally under my plan, then you never. You're done. Well, well forget it. illegal. Let's just say legal. You don't want to have a quota per year that you can't go over. No, no. I don't think the government has any expertise enough to do that. Now, in times of war, absolutely. So you don't think the country doesn't have a finite amount of resources to allow people to, um, what, what is that term for climatizing and, and acquiring the, the common American um, ideas. You don't don't believe believe in that. No, I believe, I absolutely believe that. So you're for open borders. No, come ahead, go through, go through immigration. If you don't have any numbers on the quantity, that's open borders. No, open borders is what we got right now. They're just coming in. I'm saying you come in and you get an ID. You you're you have to check in because it's like you said, it's like a probation. Well, they're doing all that. They're coming in. They're getting. No, they're not doing anything. They're they're they are. It's called catch and release, and they just don't do anything with them. What's going on now? They're undocumented. They're coming across that border illegally. Oh, they got a piece of paper, a parole paper. Now they're coming across and not even getting caught. They're just letting them through. They're not doing anything. They're absolutely inviting them in. Well, that's a, that's a that's a smaller part, but a large part of them are coming through. They're getting caught because they're walking up to border patrol on purpose, giving the little rehearsed statement to say they're in fear for their life. And they're getting processed and getting a, a parole paper that says in six to eight years, report to right, whatever right. state. Okay, so let, let me finish. Make sure you understand what I'm saying, okay? I think that you can come in and it's not a parole like that. It's not, it's not going to be you're seeking asylum. You come in because we're going to let you in. You, you sign documents that you're going to report so every six months or whatever that you're not going to take any welfare. If you take any welfare, we're going to send you home. If you commit any crimes, we're going to send you home. But we know where you are. And if you do that, you're able to send the bad guys home. Now, 
the most important thing that, that, that I want to disagree with you on, and I'm glad that we're disagreeing. It makes it fun. I think after reading one of the most important things I ever read was The Wealth of Nations by Adam Smith. And people don't realize the difference between him and people like libertarians that I really admire, like Milton Friedman. That what Adam Smith taught was that the wealth of a nation was the freedom for individuals to produce. So you're bringing in resources. You're not using resources when you bring in immigrants. You're bringing in wealth by bringing them in. If you put them to work, if you allow them to work, if they will work, if they won't work, go home. It's that simple that they're not producing. If they're not producing wealth, which means working, go home. That's that's my point. I'll take anybody who really is coming to work. That guy, the, the woman who came across from Ecuador that, that Serpent Head was talking about, I'm all for her coming here. All for her coming here. Is she going to work? Is she going to fold clothes? Is she going to cook? Is she going to create a business? Is she going to sell tacos? Is she going to sell uh, rosary beads? Whatever. If she's producing, I want her here. That's me. Now, that's my plan. Shoot it down. All right, so let me shoot it down. California's having to build a school every few months because of the volume of new people coming into their state, public school. So there is public assistance, whether they apply for anything or not, just for the fact that public schools happen to accommodate. And then the amount of money they're having to dedicate to English as a second language and Spanish as their first language is unfathomable, the amount of money they're spending on hiring these teachers for these students that can't speak English in order to oh. get them into the school system. Oh, so that oh, person that's ironing, you're talking about ironing or working in a taco stand or or whatever the, the different ways of working, they can't make enough money to cover the taxpayers of California for the school that's housing their children. Are they paying taxes? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know if they're working okay. for cash under the table or it's well, above board. But even uh, if it's above board, they're not making enough money to cover the expenses of child goes to school. Not at first. When, when, we, when, when Big Jim's wife came here, they were destitute, really, living in a little bitty tiny apartment. So oh, you have wow. to tweak. So you have to tweak your formula to determine who can stay and who can't. No, 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 it's real simple. Are you are you here lawfully? First of all, did you come through lawfully? Did you go through immigration? Did you, all right. Then the second thing is, are you working? Yes. If you're working, are you paying taxes? Yes. Have you committed any crimes? No. Do you stay? You Here's nobody's my... going to stay at that entry level. Well, Congress has, right now, Congress has the right to set the limits on the number per year that immigrate legally. And you're saying you don't like those limits. You want no, those limits I'm, removed. I'm saying, except in extraordinary circumstances, I do think they should have that ability. I do not want to take that from them. I made that clear that I think that that is very important to have that ability to do that. However, I want working people to come here. Our freaking welfare class isn't working. They're not producing. I can't send them out. Well, normally that's how normally that million a year that they allow to immigrate into our country it does have a work requirement. What had the exception for the work requirement 
was the 30 something thousand a year that the president, that the administration was allowed for asylum and refugees. And what Biden announced within a month of taking office was that he was going to double that number from 35 to 70 plus thousand, which he completely lied and he went straight up to over a million a year. Refugees. Right. So, so let's make sure, as you understand this, I don't think Biden had that authority, first of all. Second of all, I think he's a commie. Third of all, I think this is intentional. I don't like what's going on right now at all. I do not agree with what's happening at and, all. And the refugees were always considered destitute, and it's okay for them to be yeah. on the public dole because they can't make, make no. money. They're not allowed to work at first. Well, you're, you're, see, but both times you've taken it out of what I think is, is, is what I want to do. I don't think they should come here and be a welfare. Glenn, you were trying to say something. Well, my, James, your system, uh, you know, I don't like the asylum part. I don't like the fact that they have to stay there in country and, oh, come back in seven months and we'll decide. Well, they never find them. And there's no effort to go find them. Now, that I can see, and they say, well, we have so many, you know, think about it. The system you're saying is well, someone would have to keep track of that person, even if they're not on the government dole, even if they're not on, if they're out working. And who is going to do that? What group of people? How are we going to get that to work if it's not, you know, uh, some number that we let in? That, that would be my question. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm not sure what the problem is. This is this. Let me see if I can repeat what you're saying. You think that what I would be doing would be allowing more people in that are coming now. That's an assumption you don't know, but 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 they would be given an ID, and that ID would be no different than having a driver's license. You'd have to have it. Okay. If you don't have it, you go you go home. And how do you do that? You sit in the cell till immigration picks you up, takes you home. Yeah, I get it, James. But <clears throat> what cell? Who puts them there? Well, they usually have to have done something. It's not right. hard. But you see, here's the thing. Right now, I would hire somebody who doesn't have papers. I would do that because they don't make it where you can get papers. Mm-hmm. But if you had to have papers, if you came across and you were supposed to have them, yeah, where's your papers? Well, they are giving them papers, arrest papers, and a parole papers so that they well, can go get an ID and go get a job. They're even giving them um, waivers so that they can get work visas. And, you know, again, I'm, what we're talking about is not what I want to do. You got to understand that what, what he is doing is evil. And more than that, you're saying you're playing it down. You're playing it down. There are a ton of people crossing that border that aren't even being seen. Well, if we take your plan and we got Congress to approve it, the only thing I don't like about it is that you don't want to put a number on it. And I think that you absolutely have to put a number on it. Even if you have to tweak that number every year because you want to allow more or less. The, pro- the problem, the problem I have with that is I felt that you know there was I don't do it anymore. Sarah does the immigration in my office and everything. By the way, some people wonder why are you doing immigration because she's getting these people here illegally, like you say they should do. That's why she's doing it. <laughs> We're trying to follow the law, get people here illegally. Uh, but um, what was your question again? The, the the part that I don't agree with you. Oh, with numbers, numbers. Yeah, it's okay. just Here's the number. You don't want a number cap, and I think you absolutely have to have a number. Cap. Here's the problem I have with it. Here's the problem I have with it. It's it's that the government's picking winners and losers. 
and they're saying, oh, well, we don't have enough people from Sweden this year. Um, now, okay, well, we could lend some to Mexico. We have people from Mexico who have kids here or parents here or cousins or something. And they if know you they don't go. put a number cap on it, then you have a future Biden that will abuse it. Well, you know, any right can be abused. We talked about that with the Japanese lasers. Um, my problem, my problem is, is that we, for you to say this, we've said this before, the real problem that we really are struggling with is welfare. That's the problem. We're a welfare state and it makes it very difficult. What do you do with somebody who's here and can't eat? You're going to feed them welfare. It used to be, you'd have to go to a, a Catholic church or something to get fed. <clears throat> but, but now we have, we have government that feeds everybody. That's the real, real issue. What we're really wanting, what I really want is to get our, our working class, and that includes me. I'm working class. I'm not, I'm not the ruling class. I'm the working class. We need to all be working. That's the wealth of the nation. And I want as many working people as I can get here. And that does mean we need to stop welfare. So people who are just sitting at home, not, not developing skills and, and advancing, we got to fix that. But I don't have a problem with bringing over as many want to come here and work. And if you can't find work, go home. Okay, who sends that's them home? House. That's Man, the same people send us home now. I mean, but they don't. They, 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 that's what you're the, not understanding. The enforceability is. The enforceability is you have a job. It's real simple. I know it's simple, James, but how do you track that simplicity? In other words, somebody I mean, has to I find, if they have it, there has to be an agency that would go around and say, are you working? And they'd have to determine no, if they no. are, right? All right, so, yeah. they, uh, all right so, so, so they're not working. Let's start with that. They're not working. Okay. What are they going to do? What do they do? Steal, rob, or? Wait, send them home? Figure out a way to scam That's the easy. System. That's simple. That's no, that's simple. If you break the law, the Lincoln Parish Sheriff Department picks you up, puts you in a cell. Three days later, ICE picks you up and takes you home. It's not this is going on now all the time. It's easy. It happens every day. What, what if they're working? Right, I guarantee you right now there's three people at the Lincoln Parish Detention Center that are getting ready to be taken home by ICE. What if they're working, but under the table, they can't prove it? Do they have to go home if they get caught? Well, here's what, where I think that you catch them is if they, if they try to get welfare benefits. Okay. That's how you get them. So Big Jim was a big against the raids that happened at employers that would find people that were here illegally. Under the current system. Working. Yeah, we're working. He thought that was completely unfair that they shouldn't be raiding those businesses. And under the current conditions, I'm against them raiding those those workers. But I don't like the current system. I don't like the current system. I don't, I don't like either. the current system. You know, I do not think I like it. Okay. The problem I have with it is they make it very, 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 very difficult for you to get here from the countries that really need to get them here. Those people can find jobs here, work hard, outwork me. When you said they make it difficult, what part of it was difficult? The quota? Well, well, it's not just quota, but you, if, if you're going to come over here without some special skill and you're not from Sweden or some country like that, you're just not coming. It's, it's, it's just, you're really so, just not coming. So they were protecting, nobody. So they were protecting nobody. workers? Practically nobody. Protecting what workers? 
I, that's what I'm asking. Are, are you saying it's because it's overprotection of American workers that they're oh, re- it, restricting those countries from coming over here? It, the system makes no sense to me at all. It doesn't. When I see how they allow legal immigrate, what's legal immigration here, it's really baseball players. You know, it's not much more than that. You got to have some kind of super skill. And then it's a lottery. And unless you're with a country where they just so happen to, they don't want to move from the Scandinavian countries here so you could have openings there. But if you're from Mexico or El, El Salvador or any of those places looking for a freaking job, you can't get one where you are. You say, I'd like to go to the United States and get one. You know you could get employment here. You can't come. And you make it illegal. So now you've got them illegal. And I'm like Milton Friedman. That whole purpose of the system that it is now, they want them here illegally so it's easy to deport them. So what about assimilation? Should that come under any scrutiny whatsoever? Your ability no. to simulate? Nope. Yeah, I'm kind of nope. with James on that one. I think they will assimilate because yes. so, if so, they're... So their ability to become a U.S. citizen, is that taken under consideration? I don't think... You I, want I to change that it, process. I don't think that the, the, once you've got a green card, I think the process is pretty good. I don't, but I, see, I don't think the green card ought to be automatic at first. I okay. think that comes with proof proof of working here a while. Well, the green once card. On, once you get a green card, I love the system at that point. Hmm. Uh, I think that's fixed. Once you get a green card, man, those people are they're close to being citizens. They have to really do something stupid like have a gun with them when they're selling cocaine. They become close to citizens. They've worked. They got to keep the job. But once they get. Then they can get their citizenship, but they got to be able to speak English to go from green card to citizenship. And I like it. And they and I think I think it, it sold. I didn't make it first time because accident or something, didn't she? I don't know. Well, I don't somebody I know. Somebody, somebody I know might not have been sold out because she was with Big Jim. She probably had a good addiction. Somebody I know flunked it the first time. They had to go back. And, oh, I know who it is. Owns a chain of restaurants. He flunked it first time because his accent was so bad. He fixed it. Well, you know, uh, that, that yeah. would you require? I'm sorry. Okay. My, I guess I don't think, I think you're underestimating the amount of tracking under, I, I agree with you. I think, you know, um, the, the Hispanic, you know, the people who've come across the border and then they're primarily Hispanic of, of some type of, from that area and they want to, you know, work and they're here to work, they believe in families, they believe in religion, you know, they're, they're very much the kind of people and they've self, you know, they've self um, screened themselves because they've had to go through all this crap to get across the border and become, you know, working people. But I, I think there's a big hole if we're just letting as many, not an open border, but then we've, with that does mean we'd have to secure the border. So they'd have to come through certain points under your system, James, if I'm, I'm making some assumptions. So they'd have to be processed. Then I think you're underestimating how much processing there would be and how government is not good at that. Well, it's definitely not, it, it, no immigration at all, because that's going to be the problem all the way through. What I guess I'm saying is, is if you give most of these people here, they've come here. If you give them a pathway to a green card, yeah. they'll get on it. And that that I would agree with. I think that is part of this problem with the system. The asylum part, we could shut down tomorrow if somebody had the will to do it. 
uh, you know, so no, no, we're not, you, you, you know, I mean, the way Trump handled it is no, you have to remain in Mexico until we figure it out. Now, that was heavily criticized, yet it did reduce the number of. Oh, to a crawl. Yeah. To a crawl. Nobody was coming across the planet asylum anymore. It wasn't just remain in Mexico. It was also the nearest safe country. Mm-hmm. Which is Mexico. Yeah. You couldn't travel through other safe countries. Well, not necessarily. If you're coming from South America, you might travel through three safe countries. In yeah, order well, to even get to Mexico. Well, I mean, Mexico has the same problem. Was it? Is it um, Ecuador? What's what's underneath it? We have made Guatemala, Mexico Guatemala. unsafe the past three years and on the border. But Guatemala's got the same problem. They're trying to keep people. They're trying to keep Mexico's trying to keep the Guatemalans out. Yeah. Well, the other thing is uh, we don't have a border with Mexico. We have a border with the Mexican cartels. We have have made them so rich. It's it's, they're they're wreaking havoc across the whole country. And and how do you put them out of business? Yeah, I agree. James, you're right. You 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 shut down the incentive to have them, uh, you know, the money. You take the money out of them because a big part of their thing is bringing people across the border. Well, no, that's that, that too. But if you want to stop the drug cartels, legalize it. Mm. Yeah, that's I'm not ready for that right our, now. Well, I mean, nobody wanted to get rid of Al Capone either. They tried all kinds of ways to get rid of the mob. Nothing worked but legalizing alcohol. That's what did it. Mm. Got rid of it. I, I agree. And then both, I agree. I, I guess I, I'm just you know, not there yet. I, <laughs> I want both of you to know that I realized that, that my idea is out there. And I'm not, I can come across sometimes trying to be bully and I'm not, it's just how I've learned to speak. I apologize for that, but I, I, I'm all for freedom. I'm not for globalism. My whole thing is, is that though, that I absolutely bought into the wealth of a nation is the ability of its people to produce. And that means as much freedom as possible. If you bring them over here, you got to give them as much freedom as possible, but they can't abuse it. It's like the probation. I think that's right. how one of you two put it. I have a problem with that. But you give them a, a pathway to a green card, most of them are going to line up and do it. So the other question I had is, so you have this process at immigration at the border of them coming in, and you give them their work permit visa, and then you release them to go on their own for freedom to pursue their way to a green card, and then a green card to pursue their way to citizenship. What if somebody's not making progress on that chain Hmm. through to citizenship and they just pause at one spot and they don't make progress? So they they don't get to the green card. Yeah. If they they ever get on welfare, I want them to go home. I wish they could get rid of welfare. That would solve the problem. So a crime or welfare is an ejection seat button for me it would be <laughs> okay you know we're for talking me, about be. your system james i mean that's what i think yeah Dwayne's we're trying doing. to invent your your uh your more perfect system right i do not want any, we don't need any more dead weight here we've created it with welfare since the 60s and we we got a problem with dead weight we can't undo the dead weight as we know because we just have to forgive and and understand that they're not perfect these people on welfare I, I understand that there's a permanent welfare group right now. I don't want a new one, though. So, so 
my, my, the problem with doing what I want to do is welfare. I won't deny that. Uh, that's the problem because some people are going to come from Mexico and think it's okay to get on welfare. Because that's what they used to do there. They might do it through a system that doesn't have good safeguards for, you know, for in your system, let's say. They might be able to scam the system somehow. So we'd have to have well, a mechanism to shut that down, right? Uh, yeah, you got to do something. But again, I, I do understand that with freedom comes abuse. It right. happens. You can't, you can't stop people from abusing. It's, it's that way with lawyers. There's not that many dice for lawyers, but what are we known for? Yeah. For those few. That's, that, that gets to be the known for you. So, so you have a few scammers from Mexico come through, and then you put it on all of them. And that's not fair either. I agree. I Most agree 100%. Most are coming here to work. They're coming here to work. And you find the scammers and you got to just, that's part of the cost. But I do believe that unlike what the, the, the scenario that, that, and that's why Dwayne is difficult to argue with because he's smart. <laughs> the, the, the system, well, you are the system where you go to, you know, first of all, I don't think California is not a state. There's something else. They're, they're their own little entity. They're inviting these illegals there. They don't mind it. But what I'm saying is this. You're, you can't assume that everybody that comes here is going to stay in that entry-level position. In fact, I don't well, see that no. happening. I agree. They're going to move on. They're going to, they're going to advance. They're going to learn English. They're going to get Not that. The good ones. And, they're, yeah, and their kids are going to go to, to med school and stuff. It, it doesn't take long for immigrants to turn that around. And, and so that you, the, the example is, is the person coming over here, when they first get here, they drag on the system. Perhaps, perhaps because they're, they can't speak English. They're going to be folding clothes. They're going to be doing something that doesn't make them much money, but they're going to learn English and their kids are going to learn English and they're going to get higher and higher paying jobs. They're going to open up restaurants. They're going to, they're going to get a boom care at first. Well, you see, that's the problem with the United States, not the problem of the immigrants. And I, and I want to get rid of all welfare. That would be the first thing I would do if I were, if so, I were to magically be able. So if someone were to give me one wish for the United, one wish for the United States, it would be no wealth for the next fifty years. Okay, so you zero right, I, zero. I'm trying to to um, flesh this out a little. You well, would, they got to have a little bit at first. No churches would take care of it. Be, well, I mean, even if you're a tax paying visa card holder, you're going to file taxes and you get earned income credit and they're upping it now to the point where it's a, it's a, you could buy a new car. Do you know that I got that crap while I was in old school? They, I, I would pay my taxes. Thank you, George. I earned clerking. <laughs> and then they would send me a freaking check. And what's this check for? And I, and I called my dad and he said it's welfare. Yeah, you I mean, I mean in, in your system, the, you ultimately it, a critical point would be um, if you had to, to design the whole thing, let's say you'd take out all welfare, everybody be on their own to do what they needed to do. And you would then have a system where you would use, I guess, the money we'd save from welfare because it wouldn't take all that money. It would take a lot less to pol uh, police is a bad word, but to administrate, enforce, enforce the laws yeah. of immigration and make sure yes. that we are tracking people to uh, yes. who are immigrants to, and their pathway to they citizenship. Would, if they become citizens, then it's done. That's our ultimate goal. Make 
good citizens, right? That's your system. You're off. Correct. You're off of the tracking process offering right. when, once you Correct. become a citizen. Mm-hmm. Hey, green card. You're off of it. Not getting when you get a green card. You just apply for your green card. Oh, you forever. can just sit on green card forever then? Well, you don't really. I, I, I didn't realize that. There, there are limits to that. Uh, there was a, um, he has died now, so I guess it's okay to talk about this. He was a World War II veteran. He came to the United States from Canada and fought, I want to say, injured, you know, blue, you know, Purple Cross or Purple Heart, Purple Heart. And he forgot to renew it after 20 years or something. And they freaking tried to, try to extra, you know, send him home to, to remove him. Hmm. Um, there are some restrictions, but not many. It's really easy if you just take care of business. But what, his complaint was that 20 years, you forget. You know, it's, it's, that's how he looked at it. But long and short of it is, the answer is, I, I think that the system, when you get into the green card system, it's a really good system. You still can't commit major crimes. If you get a DWI, you're not going to get sent home. You're, you know what I'm saying? You're, you're treatable like a citizen. But let me go back to this. Let me go back to this. It's really easy to know where I'm going to take a position on almost all um, government-related and, and work-related issues is, is how do I get the people to work? And that does mean we can't have welfare. That's that's definitely preventing. It's 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 definitely it's definitely uh, rewarding not working. And if you're not working, you're a drain on the system. You're not part of the wealth of the nation. You want everybody to be a part of the wealth of the nation. That means they need to be working. And so I want to free up. I don't want any um, anything that prevents people from working. So right now, why aren't teenagers working? Because the freaking minimum wage is too high. You can't hire anybody. You can't hire somebody entry level, really, except for a few. And you don't want them to stay there very long. You want to move them up. But, but my problem, my problem isn't really with immigration. I think we should encourage it because we want as many people working here as possible. My problem is that the welfare system makes that hard to do. It's not impossible. So then you're then you're creating this system that we have now, which is absolutely ridiculous. And that is everybody's here illegally and we can just control you easier that way. Well, you're not putting, we're not make we're not maximizing your ability to work. And we're We're not, uh, we're not maximizing your ability to become a citizen. Correct. There's no motive. Well, you have, they come to my office or Sarah's office and say, Hey, I want to become legal so we can't help you. You didn't go through customs. Yeah. You know, it's it's a or or not customs. What is the word? Is that the word? I guess that's it. You have to go through. Um, yeah, but there's another word for it: uh, processing. Yeah. Um, you didn't process. Uh, it's, the system's completely broke as it is. Completely broken. And I don't yeah. think that there, that anybody's smart enough. To it say that wasn't completely broken until Biden broke it, and they're <laughs> overloading the system and breaking it on purpose. Maybe that's good. Maybe I, I think the system, the system is so bad. It's so bad. It was bad before that, Dwayne. It was bad when Trump took over. Of course, Obama was doing the same thing. It was Trump. Trump tried to do something about it, and and you know it just gets worse. Uh, I but here's the problem. Here's my problem, guys. If I'm in Mexico and I look over and I see the United States and people come back from you know the United States and visit and tell me what it's like. And I got three kids barely able to eat. I'm crossing that border. I'm coming. I'm coming. They're not going to stop. I, I, 
I get the feeling that you, you're you don't understand people that live in Mexico could cross the border anytime they wanted to. They were limited to staying within 70 miles. They couldn't go to the interior. There's people that walk across that bridge and work every day that lived in Mexico. But those people are supposed to have permits. They could come across and just shop and go back. They didn't have to have a permit to cross that border. Then what are they doing? At that? What are they doing right there when they're when people trying to cross? They look at their ID, they see where they live, and they're like, sure, come on in. What are you going to do here today? When do you expect to go back? Okay, have a good time. And they turn them loose. Laredo. I'm not sure that I, I, I didn't know that. That doesn't change anything for me. Well, what I'm saying is the border was more open and free than I think you give it credit for. It's just that that 70 mile back on the major roads and interstate, then you would have um, a screening process to make sure that those people weren't going to the interior. That's how it used to work. Well, I don't well, know that we're. I'm all- <laughs> I don't know if we'll solve this today. Uh, no, we, we, there's no way. Yeah, there's no way. There's no way. I'll, I think we'll both we'll all agree that what's going on right now is evil. It's yes, yes. This is not good. This is the massive America. rape of women and children, and the enslavement and trafficking that's going on, and the and the drug and the money that's going back and forth, enriching the cartels. It's just it's pure evil for really stupid political reasons. So, so I'm going to summarize again, though. All of these things add up that this is a communist plot. And I know people, you know, Glenn particular doesn't like to say it, but I haven't said communist today yet. But here's the deal. Get to say it three they, times. They, they are. <laughs> they, they, um, I get three, so I got one more left. Um, the, the fact is this, that in order to get Santa Claus's Schwab's um, plan through, They've got to crash everything. They got to crash our judicial system, and that's what lawfare is really doing. The true, the true goal of those people is to crash our system and have us no longer trust our system. Do you trust our system right now? Mm-hmm. Do you think that J six people are being handled the same as no. the people from Antifa? No, and it's all the context, is, is Dwayne. So, <laughs> so smartly put up uh, shows. Do we do we trust right now our uh, our FBI and our police right now? I, I, our local, I do, but do I trust FBI, CIA? No, I don't. Lost confidence in them. Do I trust the medical field anymore? Not not post COVID. No, they were willing speaking, to try to kill. Me. Speaking of not trusting, did you see where the FBI since 2018 was sitting on the fact? that Hunter Biden's gun holster had cocaine residue all over it. Wow. No, I did not know that. So I don't trust them. Yes, it's just two-tiered system. I don't trust the medical field right now because the DEI, it's gotten really bad. I, I, I don't trust it because of COVID. You saw that they, they lied about the vaccine. They lied about ivermectin. And now they're having to come back and say, hey, now trust us again. Now, that doesn't mean all of them. Again. I don't think all courts are bad, but they're making us lose trust in the judicial system and trust in the medical system. We're losing trust in our voting system. We're losing trust in. Um, you saw where Fauci said, oh, the six feet social distancing that was made up out of thin air, yeah. nothing to do with science. Right. 
So, so what I've said is they're trying to crash everything. Yeah. And they're crashing immigration. They're trying to crash it all. And, uh, and, and this Obama is in cares. rules for radicals. This is, this is how you break down our entire country. Right. Right. And I think that the immigration is exactly what he wants. He wants to crash the system. He, I don't think Biden's got a brain. I think it's, it's the people behind him. Yeah. Um, this whole but, freak show and radical group posse. I, I, I sometimes think the only way this whole thing is going to come back out right is going to be some type of a crash. But, but uh, that's, I, I think it's, I think it's a feature. I think that the middle class is under attack. This is it's, it's so clearly what's going on now. I I do still believe Iowa shows me it once again. I keep saying I think all fifty states are red. All fifty, if you count votes by writing it on a piece of paper and holding it up, this is for Biden. This one's for Trump. Trump wins all fifty states. That's what I what, think. What's I think. the what's the uh, primary schedule for the rest of the month? Do you know? I know New Hampshire's next. Um, Haley, what her name? What's her name? She's that's her state. Yeah, I South think Carolina. Trump's kind of not going to put a lot of effort there because he's polling five percent or something like that. No, that's where are you getting that? Okay, the, I, I guess the mainstream I, media, I, James. I don't know where are you get. No, 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 I'm not, I'm not cutting you. I'm not cutting you. I, that's not what I'm seeing. I'm seeing, I'm seeing Trump's going to take it. From Boris. Yeah. She's not even going to carry her own state from what I'm hearing. Well, I believe I'll, I'll send yeah. you some. I'll send you some stuff. I, I, I'll send you um, some, 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 what I think are people who are considered, ooh, let me say this, their reputation is at stake to say these things. You know what I'm saying? It's mm-hmm. not in that. It's not in, it's, it's not people who can just say, oh, well, we thought this and then nothing happened. <laughs> anyway, look, I'm sure we're way over. Um, I enjoy it, guys. (laughs) Thank you both for pushing back on this thing because it's making me think my immigration policy through. Because I know what's going to happen is once Trump and and um, and um, Ramadabo Vanderlick are in, they're going to call me and ask me, "Hey, this thing implemented." (laughs) You know what? The sec. Here's the deal, Glenn. The second he gets hired, truly gets hired by Trump, I'll call him by his name. But, but you know that's part of my I know. game here. I just, that's part of my game to to push back on it. Yeah, yeah. New, New Hampshire, uh, the latest New Hampshire poll, Fox News is reporting fifty percent Trump, thirty four percent Nikki Haley, five percent DeSantis. Yeah, wow, yeah. I was I mean, way off. yeah. If he kicks her in her own in her own state, she needs to drop out, but she won't because she's being she's being pushed by the other side. Yeah. Hey guys, thank you so very. Thank you again so much for 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 doing this. Um, I enjoy Thursdays; it's it's fun. And I will tomorrow say, is going to be a we're, we're, tomorrow. Let me say this real quick. Right. Tomorrow's going to be a conspiracy. Do we have one yet? No, I don't think so. But we'll we'll have something good. Don't worry about it. Just to let you let everybody know, on Monday we're going to be covering the Texas case where they created a dam between south uh, eastbound and westbound interstate 10 in texas with the very idea that it would flood everything north of the dam so you could get out in case there's flooding and it flooded a farmer and he tried to get compensation from texas and texas said you can't claim any any taking here 
that's at the Supreme Court. We're going to be talking about that case. It's a, oh, a very interesting cool. taking, takings case. So that's going to be Monday. I don't know what the podcast, what the, what the conspiracy will be tomorrow, but we'll, we'll figure it out. It'd be good. So what key, where, where would it be a good place for me to go think about? Well, here's something that isn't a conspiracy, James, that if you go to the Houghton PJs, you'll have delicious coffee, wonderful boosted teas, all natural Red Bull, Zap chips, breakfast and lunch sandwiches, along with delicious pastries of every kind. Sounds like a winner to me. Appreciate you guys. And we will be back tomorrow. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.